0: Yeah. hey
1: guys this is trey as always this is sparsh here this is luke yes and welcome back for another Speak True sports podcast today we're gonna just jump right into what happened recently of course the nba finals game six Suns versus the bucks it was a very exciting game
2: uh luke i know you're a Suns fan. yeah you started off it hurts man um <laughs> Uh, after the and when the game was coming to a close, I was just sitting there, laying down, eyes closed, you know, arm overhead, like I was like, "Hella pain," but I've had twenty four hours to think on it, um, and I've decided that I'm glad we lost to the Bucks because Giannis gets his first, you know, win. Uh, the Bucks are all they all seem like pretty good guys. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, um, and the Bucks fan base isn't as annoying as the other Eastern fan bases who would rub it in the Suns' face for 10 years. So we kind of got off the hook there. Still bummed we couldn't win despite three games we should have won. But um, it's a bummer.
0: Yeah, no, that, that was that was a great series. Like, you know, to finally see two different uh, teams in quite a while, especially uh, concerning how long it's been for the Suns and Bucks to be in this sort of, like, finals appearance to see do two different teams, it's really refreshing to see. And honestly, I had the Suns in six, um, but on it like there was so many games, uh, so many moments where the games honestly could have gone either way. Um, and considering you know how far Monty has gone, especially from the season before where they had that like you know eight zero run in the bubble, but came just short of the playoffs. And then this year they finally get all the way to the finals. I mean, this is a great season for Phoenix. I mean, there's. There's nothing wrong about that. You know, they made it really far. I mean, yeah, it is kind of disappointing, but I'm really proud of what this Phoenix team has done. And same goes to Milwaukee, too. They also had an incredible run throughout the series and made some great decisions to get some pieces to get them to the end of that road, right?
2: Yeah, and fun fact about that, this is the second season in a row that the Bucs jipped the Suns into the postseason because this year we lost to the Bucs in the finals. Last season, we had won every game. We are ready to go to the playoffs. And the only thing that had to happen was the Grizzlies had to lose to the Bucks. But in the previous game, Giannis headbutted Mo Wagner and got ejected and suspended. So the Bucks lost by like 20 points to the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies went to the playoffs and lost first round. And the Suns got gypped. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh.
1: I forgot all about that. Um man, uh, this series was uh I'm not going to lie when the Suns went up 2-0 I told myself I'm probably not going to watch the rest of the series it's going to I felt like at 1 point it did seem like Suns and 4 um, or even Suns and 5 or something like that and you know the Bucks came back and they won the next two games like you know what I'm intrigued with the series let me check it out again and I looked back at the two games they uh, they won when they went uh, tied it up and you know I watched the last two games of the series and I'm not going to lie. I mean, this series was probably uh, better than last year's finals, in my opinion, because um, at one point, you know, you felt like the Suns actually had a chance to win this finals. And then the Bucks just won four straight and, you know, obviously won the finals, of course. Um, last year's finals, never kind of felt, for me, I personally never felt the heat we were going to beat the Lakers. The Lakers kind of mm-hmm. had a block. So this was a very interesting and very like refreshing, like Sparks was saying, refreshing finals see two teams we haven't seen in the finals in a long time. and But there's a lot of things to kind of poke at and pick at, at this game. Um, one thing I guess we just got to jump right on is Giannis. Giannis put this team on his back. 50 points, 14 rebounds, five blocks. I mean, this was the first time in uh, NBA Finals history where a player has done 50 points, 10-plus rebounds, and five blocks. And, you know, it just makes sense when you look at Giannis because Giannis really – took over, uh, you know, people didn't expect him to really hit many free throw shots. I think he was 17 of 19, uh, but he was fouled a lot when you watched the game. Um, there weren't, in my personal opinion, it didn't feel like he was uh, getting kind of a bit of, a, of the doubt when it came to a lot of those fouls. The Suns just committed the same foul over and over. Giannis would just drive in and they would hack him and he would go to the line. And you really can't debate that too much. I know there's a lot of controversy with Scott Foster and Chris Paul and that whole situation, which we will touch on in a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's it's just impressive to see the Bucks, you know, make it this far. Um, I think for me, or in a lot of people, I think when they beat the Nets, yeah, I know Kyrie went out in that series, but just them beating Kevin Durant and James Harden, who are two superstars and top 10 players – it just kind of made people feel feel that the Bucks really earned it and that this was kind of their moment to really, you know, make or break. Because when you really think about it in hindsight, if Mike Budenhoser didn't win this finals, he possibly could have gotten fired this offseason. So, you know, there's a lot to digest and a lot to like really look at when you look at this finals.
0: Yeah, I mean, Giannis, he was just absolutely dominant, you know, like, I think his average stat line these finals were 35, 13, five assists and two, like, two blocks per game. Like, that's just insane. Like, those are kind of like Shaq numbers that we have over there. And, you know, it's it's impressive to see that, you know, considering literally two weeks ago, he hyperextended that knee and that leg went at like a 30 degree angle. Like, everybody was sort of speculating some sort of cartilage tear or something. And then literally like the day after the doctors reveal that there's no structural damage, but there's still nothing really yet to see. Like, you know, how long is he actually out for? Or is there any other thing that he's going through? And then you see him in game one, it's kind of, he's kind of like testing that knee out. He's kind of going into it. But even then, like he was looking like one of the best players on his team. And then after that, he just, he just went on a tear, man. It was just this guy, he wanted it more than like literally everybody else. Like he just, he just out hustled everything. You know, you see him just attack the paint so easily and also just getting those offensive rebounds, even after the free throws as well. Right. You know, he, he gets like uh he gets those like jitters and sometimes he misses here and there. And he's kind of been inconsistent with the exception of yesterday, of course, but even like after a missed free throw, he'll just go, go and get that offensive rebound. Right. Pass out to someone on the perimeter. And like, he just created so many opportunities for the team as well. I mean, you know, that's, that was just a spectacular performance, like especially yesterday, probably one of the top five like game performances
2: in the finals for sure. And I think that's the number one reason they won, not specifically Giannis, but the fact that Giannis every single night played well in every single game of the series, Giannis played well. And there wasn't a single game for Phoenix where where multiple people had great games or like there there was, there was no one player that played great in every single game. Every player had some bad night night series, and that's why. I mean, Booker was on, Chris Paul was off, Chris Paul was on, Booker was off, you know, Mikhail Bridges was struggling. Aiton had a bunch of foul trouble, and that's why we we're hacking Giannis, was because uh Ayton would get four fouls by the third quarter, fourth quarter, and then we have Chris Paul and Booker like slapping arms because that's all they can do against. You know the Greek freak. What are they gonna do? You know, jump. You know, forty inches in the air and swat it out.
1: Yeah, there was um, to have Aiden and Booker kind of play their worst games in a such a big game. Game six was definitely a a big blow to their team uh, and their chances, and obviously would cost them. Um, you know, when you look, when you look at Booker, Booker was having a great series for most part, and then the last game he just. You know, he shoots eight of 22 uh, and he has four personal fouls and six turnovers. And then DeAndre Aiden shot 33% and had five personal fouls. And, you know, Chris Paul, he had a decent shooting night. Um, but, you know, just to seem, seems like the same story. Uh, it was a lot of turnovers. He had five in this one. And I think there was one in particular that was just really bad. And I think really hurt their momentum in the game. I think it was in the fourth quarter. Um it was the last 6 to 7 minutes of the quarter and he just lost his dribble and essentially gave it up to Holiday and I just felt like, you know, a lot of these turnovers that he made were in important parts of the games. Um there was also but there is some positive when you look at uh game 6 for the Suns. Uh for me, I think that Cameron Payne was one of the few positives they had. You know, even though he played most of his minutes in the first half, he did uh kind of lift the Suns out of a slump in the first quarter because they had a really bad shooting uh, night in the first quarter but campaign, uh, you know, in the second quarter, he really helped them and he pushed them to like, I think, an 8-0 to 10-0 run and they even eventually even took the lead at one point of the game. Um, but then they sat him down for most of the second half and, you know, I didn't really understand that. He was really catching fire and he was their leading scorer uh, one period one period of the game. So... I don't know, a lot of weird things happened. I know Frank Kaminsky played a lot of minutes. He wasn't too bad, but um, obviously he couldn't really do much against Giannis. Uh, so that definitely was a big problem. But honestly, he not really played because, like Luke said, Aiton was in foul
2: trouble. And Dario Saric was out, who's been our main backup center. Now, he can't do much against Giannis, but if you have Jay Crowder in and Dario Saric, they can kind of keep him out of the paint at least. Like, they can't disrupt the shot that much, but if you can keep Giannis out of the paint and shooting, like, mid-court shots, and that helps a ton. And Tor- we didn't play much Torrey Craig in Game 6, which I don't know why, because he's been our defensive anchor all year.
0: Yeah. Um, the Dario Sarge injury was a lot bigger than it seemed at first, because even though, like, they got those first two games, it was after that, like, once Giannis got his groove back... That, you know, the Suns really couldn't do anything about it, right? You know, when you look at Giannis' previous sort of playoff series, the one against Toronto in uh, 2019 and 2020 against the Heat, where, you know, Giannis lost like four straight in that reverse loop to Toronto. And then it it was like 4-1 against Miami last year. The thing was, is that Toronto and Miami, they were able to build sort of a wall around Giannis. And they were able to really limit his game to force him to sh- keep shooting those like contested shots. But the thing is like, you know, when you lose somebody like Sarge, right. You don't really, you you start to lose that sort of piece to build that wall. And then, you know, after that, you're sort of having that single coverage with Aiton and, you know um, what Aiton really struggled with the, you know, sort of this series is like, you know, he wasn't really on sort of, Giannis honest too much. I mean, there were times where he was able to, you know, get Giannis to shoot it from the three, but there were lots of times, and especially in game six, um, I think I think Aiton was just sort of like, you know, really nervous this game or something. I think, you know, just sort of like the new experience, but there were just lots of times where just Giannis just blew like right past him and, he, and Aiton really didn't give him that sort of like tight defense to sort of like get him to go try something else. Like there were just lots of times, Giannis, where even just spinning just like right around him, right? And, you know, like considering his like, arm span, he's able to get into the basket really easily, right? And, yeah, and, like, you know, when you get Aiton in foul trouble, then, you know, you're forcing the Suns to play pretty small, especially against Giannis. And then at that point, you know, they just got the... Well, I mean, what can you do against him, right? Like Luke said, you know, at this point, you're just trying to follow him or just get whatever you can, you know, so you can get him to the free throw line and just, you know, hope that he misses, right? But I guess, you know, game six died, which just wasn't his night. He just decided to shoot, like, miraculously.
1: Yeah, Luke said someone's name. Uh, I think someone I want to talk about, uh, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder had a really rough night uh, in game six. Um, he was two of nine from the three-point line and I felt like um, that was very detrimental to their chances of winning because he was open for a handful of those threes and he just couldn't knock them down and I just felt like, you know, I felt like in this elimination game they did jack up a lot of uh, three-point shots. Um, the team shot in six of 25 and I don't know if people just don't really remember the when the Rockets and the Warriors played, and the Rockets had—I think they missed the most three-pointers in postseason history. And I just feel like people gotta realize, live and die by the three, and they died by the three. Uh, I felt like that played a big part in them losing. I mean, yes, the Bucks did shoot bad from the three-point line as well, but they have Giannis who destroys and eats inside the three-point line. So. Um, You know, there's just a lot of bad shooting. Uh, I just felt like the Suns really struggled shooting. And I know Jay Crowder was one of the main people who was struggling, but also, like I said, Devin Booker was as well.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of one of the, that's one of the things I wanted to touch on was it's not only that we were missing threes, we were missing like any points that we should have made. We would have an open, like Booker, Jay Crowder, they would have open shots from three and miss them. And it would be, we would, like, big, big points. Like, if it was, like, tied, they would miss an open three. And then they would get a board, and they would miss another shot. Like, we weren't getting those second-chance opportunities. And then we also weren't playing with, like, the the playmaking we've been using all year. Like All of their shots were contested ISO shots. They didn't have any – well, they had some, but they didn't have many plays where they were making, you know, Monty – I think it's a bit on Monty for – I think he kind of had them playing ISO so whoever wasn't on Giannis would go for the basket or something like that because they were not passing around enough.
0: Yeah, there was just some sort of like changes that Monty was sort of making here and there that seemed kind of questionable. Um, But even then, you know, like there were just lots of missed opportunities uh, in game six. You know, there was that one lob that Devin Booker had, he just, he just missed it right there. And even that, um, I believe this was, I believe the Suns were down by four, I think in this possession, but, you know, I think Booker got the steal and he, he passed it to Cam Johnson, but, you know, he overshot it. And, you know, that was a really key bucket, especially when the game was like within, you know, one to two possessions. And, you know, I think like also with like the officiating sort of, you know, like, yeah, get, yeah. CP3 is 0 for 13 against Scott Foster, and you know maybe the, you know they probably should have chosen somebody better to ref that game. I don't know why, but I, I just felt like in this in this game, in that game, they were kind of like trying to look for the foul too much. You know, there were some times where I noticed like CP3 was kind of like galloping in some sort of place, like trying to draw a foul. Where, and then you know at that at that point, you know he's kind of being like pretty careless and you know committing some you know unforced errors. And, you know, turning the ball over a lot more. I didn't really see that much in game one and game two. You know, he just kind of took it over, just w- drove right to the right and create that mid-range shot, which is like his own shot, right? He was doing that a lot in games one and two and same with Booker. But I felt like, you know, once, sorry, you know, that officiating thing was going on and, you know, I feel like they were kind of drawing, trying to draw some more fouls and eventually turning the ball over a lot more as well. And I, that's just something I noticed because um, they didn't really have that same energy after game two.
1: Yeah, I, I'd say Booker and Crowder were also culprits. Uh, there was even some times mm-hmm. where players in the Bucks were looking for fouls, and you know, I just felt like it was really just really bad way to play basketball. But I feel like that's the way we've seen a, it happen a lot this year uh, until they did enforce that uh, that one rule where they changed like if the offensive player initiates the contact and whatnot. Yeah. But there is one foul I do want to talk about, and I feel like. We cannot talk about it. Uh, the Bobby is technical. Um, I feel like doesn't get a lot of much said about it. Um, my thing is the one thing I want to talk about it is actually CP3's missed free throw. I felt like um, missing the free throw was very crucial in that time. They were only down mm. in by down by single digits, and for him to miss a free throw in such a pivotal time, it just you know it hurt them really really badly. It's not even really the technical I wanted to talk about itself. It's just the missed free throw. Um, I felt like if he hit that free throw, it definitely could have kept the momentum going for the Suns because they were definitely not out of the game at any point until I guess like literally the last like, minute or so. But, um, you know, I felt like that was really one of the biggest kickers
2: t- for me, in my opinion. And, I like, it was moments like that. I kid you not, I was screaming at my TV because, like, the the Booker lob, I was so pissed because he literally threw it all the way to the out-of-bounds and he had to reach it and he couldn't. The missed CP free throw, the Jay Crowder missed open – two missed open threes. Like, it was moments like that that I was like, I knew we were not going to make it because, like, it seemed like they were kind of giving up, which is weird because we were so close in a pivotal game six, you'd think they'd step it up. Or maybe Monty would make some changes if they weren't stepping it up. But I think they had kind of given up at that point, like halfway through game six. I think they were just beat up from guarding such big guys like Giannis and Chris Middleton was walking all over them. I think they were just physically beat and mentally beat, and they were just kind of complacent. And, like, we had – not saying that we lost because of injuries, but I'm saying, like, I think they had kind of given up with Chris Paul's hand injury – Devin Booker's nose is like, it probably wasn't affecting him that much, but, and then Tori Craig's knee injury, uh, which wasn't too serious, but it was sore um, stuff like that. Like it wasn't enough to affect their play, but it was enough to affect, affect them mentally where they were just kind of done with everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah, it, it, it sucks. That's how it's been because, you know, this sort of playoffs has actually kind of been, you know, the healthiest team wins at this point. Right. Um, like the suns like they had they were really like healthy until sort of the finals where you know it started to kind of like they started to break down but i mean just so many teams along the way they faced you know they there was just so many teams that were riddled with injuries and then on the bucks side i mean giannis got that hyperx in knee yeah but he he recovered after and he was playing pretty much fine after and the only other injury they really had it was just dante divincenzo um so he was just out for the rest of the playoffs and instead they put PJ Tucker in the lineup, which was honestly like not you really too it. much. Yeah. yeah. Which was honestly not really too much of a loss. Cause you know, he was really um, integral in um, the series against the Nets and he was really great uh, in this series too. I mean, I mean, it just sucks cause that's just how it's been. Right. Not to take away from the Bucks championship, but I mean, it's, it's kind of just been like the healthiest team wins, uh, you know, this
2: year. Well, I slightly agree, but I also have to disagree. On the East, it was mo- – I mean, everyone was pretty healthy and towards the end, other than the Nets, who had been struggling with injuries all year, going through the trio in different lineups. Um, the Wizards were fine other than T- uh, Bryant. Um, Trey didn't get injured until the, the Buck series. Giannis didn't get injured until the Hawks series. The Knicks were pretty healthy. The Sixers were pretty healthy. Um, but then on the west side, um, I think every team was injured. The first series with the Lakers and the Suns, even though um, what was it? Um, Anthony Davis was injured, but Chris Paul was a liability during that series. Like not only was he playing poorly because he was injured, they would not guard him because he they knew he wouldn't make his shot with his shoulder injury. So. I think, I think the Suns get a pass on that one. The Nuggets didn't have any injuries other than Jamal Murray, but that shouldn't affect their playoff standing because he was injured all season. You know, you don't expect anything more than that because he already was injured. Um, the Trailblazers were fine. They just lost. The Grizzlies were fine. Um, who else was there? The Jazz were fine. The Suns were pretty fine overall other than some small injuries along the way. I think I think that people are overhyping the narrative a little bit
1: my thing is uh, the jazz weren't 100 percent. i know mitchell was still coming back from his injury because he did miss the first game of the grizzly series which that's the only game the grizzlies won in that series oh i missed, uh, missed
2: clippers Kawhi injury
1: yeah i feel like a lot of these injuries were kind of like nagging injuries from a from yeah. pretty much maybe even from the bubble yeah. all the way to now, because I just felt like the shortened off season really did affect a lot of these players, uh, conditioning and health. Um, you know, uh, I don't want to discredit any finals or any, you know, way to the finals. I think the Suns played a, a good and strong, you know, lineup of teams to the finals. Uh, you know, yeah, Kawhi didn't play, but you know, Kawhi, it, he's had knee injuries before. I mean, th- if you we weren't to say that, I mean, the Warriors um, was a 2017, 2018 championship um, didn't really mean too much because they had to they essentially had to take out Kawhi to pretty much make it to the finals. Um, so, you know, uh, injuries, you know, we don't I don't like getting into that because you can really nitpick and discredit a lot of teams uh, way to their finals yeah. and even put an asterisk next to certain ones because even the Warriors first championship of that uh, championship run they had 2015-2016 I think it was 20 yeah 2015 finals when they mm-hmm. beat um, the Cavaliers Kevin Love and Kyrie both were, were out you know you could put yeah. an asterisk next to that championship I mean think of the Raptors championship Kevin Durant mm-hmm. uh, Clay Thompson at the point in that series were all out um, yeah you can put asterisks, asterisk but it's it just really gets very nitpicky when you start going down that way. So I don't want to discredit the Suns and their way to the finals. I don't want to just discredit the Bucks and their way to the finals.
0: Yeah, and I'm yeah, yeah, and you're right. Like even with sort of like these sort of nagging injuries, right? I mean, you also like we also got to take give credit to them for making it also healthy as well because these guys stay pretty well conditioned, right? I mean, we when you, when you when you have the Nets, I mean, Kyrie, that's that's a freak kind of injury, right? We can we can just sort of leave that out. But I mean, you know, we have James Harden. He, you know, he came to the season completely like out of shape, right? And the Lakers and Anthony Davis. You know, he got the chip, but he didn't really put too much work into his body after that. He kept on having other sort of injuries there, and you know, he hasn't conditioned properly. But you know, the, the Suns have been pretty fine. You know, they stayed conditioned really, really well. And the Bucks. I mean, Giannis speaks for himself, right? He ha- he could have ended his career right there, but you know, he comes back after, and he's he's just a little Iron Man, like he just. I, I don't know how he does it you know he, he came back from that and just absolutely dominated so yeah like it, it yeah the healthiest teams did make it like technically but I mean in a in a sense it's also credit to them because yeah. you know they had really good medical staff these guys these guys really wanted it you know more than anything Um, and even from like the beginning of the season you know lots of people are already speculating that you know the Suns and Bucks were kind of you know, the teams to make it there. And these guys, these guys showed it throughout the entire season that they wanted, you know, not just through the playoffs, but you know, throughout the season too. It was all year, you know, these guys wanted it the most. And I'm really glad that I got to see these
1: two play. Yeah. Very exciting final to say the least. But there is mm-hmm. one more thing I do want to talk about. And when you really look at this Bucks roster, um, you know, look at PJ Tucker, spent a lot of time in the the D League at the point. That's how long he's been in the league, the D League, Uh, and he spent some time all over in Europe. Uh, You think of guys like, um, you know, Diakite. He was in the G League. Uh, Chris Milton was in the G League at one point. Uh, uh, Drew Holiday. He was on the Sixers when they were really bad. Like a lot of these dudes went through a long process um, and really went through, you know, a lot of things to get to this moment. A lot of these players were second round picks, uh, late first round picks. I mean, Bobby Portis, they said he, this was his fourth team in the last four years. So, you know, when you really look at this, I mean, obviously think of even Giannis' story, you know, how, you know, he was a young player. No one really had much, not say people didn't have hope, but, you know, people really, there was points where people kind of doubted him, um, you know, you know, he was a young foreign player, no one really knew much about his film. And I am like, okay, you know, we'll see what this guy has. But now he's a two-time MVP and finals MVP and a champion. Um, when you really think about this, you know, the Sixers kept saying for years and years, trust the process. When you really look at, look at it, the Bucks really were the ones with the process that it was worth trusting. And, you know, yeah. that to me in itself was impressive because there's a lot of people who question Gian- Giannis' loyalty. Like he's loyal, too loyal to a fault. And people are like, why would he want to stay in Milwaukee? It's a small market team. They're not going to go anywhere. I, like I said earlier in the podcast, how Mike Budenhoser was could have possibly been fired after this season if they didn't make it or win the finals. Like, there is going to become a boiling point with this team, but this kind of, you know, rewards this whole process. And, and you know, for me, uh, it's a bit of a Cinderella story. And it's, 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 that's why, for me, it's really nice to see the, the Bucks win this finals. Um, no offense to the Suns. It would have been nice to see the win. It would nice to see Chris Pugge his first ring. You know, see D book and Aiden get those get the ring, but you know, at the same time, with this finals, the Bucks they really
2: did uh, trust the process and it really did uh, work out for them. Yeah, and the, w- the biggest winner for this whole series is small market teams. I think it's going to change like small market franchises for the far future, because this is like if this keeps happening every year, like a Suns Bucks kind of finals. Or maybe we get a trailblazers and I don't know, uh, wizards, I guess, for a small market team kind of, but it's just like stuff like that. Like it's going to be a big change in sports in general.
0: Agreed. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, the bucks, they really did the process, right. Um, you know, uh, I just looked up this recently, but Brooke Lopez is their only lottery, like only the lottery guy. He was the one I think he was taking a tenth, you know. And you, as you were saying, Trey, like everybody else was either like G League or you know they were in other teams or playing like overseas. Um, and yeah, it's also just credit to Giannis for staying. Um, you know that one tweet that was brought up that he's never leaving until they win the championship, and he he sort of jokes about it after the press conference, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna trade now," <laughs> that kind of thing. It's great, it's great to see, man. You know, like, uh, like finally, it's just like you know, lots of people are saying, oh, I'm not going to watch this, but, you know, this was just really exciting to see for once, you know, to see different guys and other small market teams and just to see the excitement from the crowds too. Like, this was, it was so nice to see these people back in the stands after, you know, a crazy sort of like two years that we've had, you know, with like the NBA season cancelled and after that, like the bubble and like limited tenants, and now we see like this happen again. It's, it's a great sight to see after so long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, there's I was gonna say something.
2: Um, oh, I have a remark. Congratulations to Tori Craig on his ring. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> <There's> that. <laughs> that's
1: that yes. And you <laughs> see, DJ Wilson also uh, tweeted out saying that he's a champion. He's on the Rockets now. He got traded in mid with uh, yeah. his season. I I laughed at that because Draymond Green said, "Yeah, go back to sleep, uh, DJ." <laughs> I was like, oh, "That's disrespectful." But you know, congrats to the Bucks, and you know. Great season to them, and we're looking forward to the next NBA season because, you know, like you said, smart-market teams, it's a big win for them, and leads the door big, uh, wide open. And I remember what I was going to say now, this is one of the few times where we see where there's a player who's not great at shooting, like Giannis, where they build the perfect team around him. You know, they got the shooters, they got the defenders, they got players who can facilitate. Uh, you know, I think that trade for Drew Holiday really made a big difference because I look back at his stats yesterday and he nearly had a triple double in um in game six. Yeah, he didn't shoot very well, he was off of him. he was shot with 21%. But He had like nine rebounds and 11 assists. And sometimes you forget about that. Sometimes, you know, it's the little things that we just don't acknowledge. And then you look at it in the grand scheme of things and all just comes together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. They, they, they did a great job building that team around Giannis. And I'm really glad that he signed that extension. You know, he's going to, he's going to have a great time over there and, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're going to be a great team for many years to come, you know.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I guess on that note, uh, you know, we'll close out this one guys. We really appreciate you guys for, you know, checking out our podcast and watching our video and supporting us. Uh, we're still trying to make our way to a hundred subscribers. So please help out with that process and trust this process as, as well. Um, you know, check out our Instagram, our Twitter, check out our website that's up and it's going and, you know, just, like we say just appreciate you guys so just keep watching our videos and keep supporting us and uh that's out for me and trey
0: this is sparsh and i'm out here
1: this is luke i'm out all right and uh have a good day guys